0: Sometimes you're looking for a mindset shift and transformation, and sometimes what you need is help stat. (laughs) If you have no bandwidth and you are at your wits end, stay with me because I've got a woman who can help you. Kelly Nolan is an attorney turned time management strategist and mom of two. After experiencing overwhelm as a young patent litigator in Boston, Kelly figured out a time management system that helped her show up in the ways that she wanted at work and at home, without requiring her brain to somehow magically remember it all. She now empowers other professional working women to manage their personal, family, and career roles with less stress and more calm, Using her realistic time management system, the Bright Method. The Bright Method has been featured in Bloomberg, Businessweek, and Kelly's work has been published in Forbes, Fast Company, Insider, and Parents. Kelly also hosts the Bright Method podcast. Most importantly, the Bright Method works for real women, helping them manage it all with more clarity, less stress and the confidence to hold boundaries at work and at home. In this episode, Kelly and I discuss our differing approaches to time management and how to know which one is right for you, the four pillars of Kelly's realistic time management system, The Bright Method. We talk about systemization and reducing mental load, how to know with confidence what you can say yes to, and building flex time in your calendar to absorb curveballs. If that sounds good, stay tuned. If you are new to the Women Taking the Lead podcast, hello and welcome. I'm Jodi Flynn, the CEO and founder of Women Taking the Lead. A leadership development company that helps companies achieve gender parity at all levels of leadership. We help organizations realize these results through coaching, consulting, leadership development programs, and keynotes. My goal for this podcast is for it to be a valuable resource for you and others in your organization to grow in your leadership. If we are not already connected on LinkedIn, please send me an invitation to connect. You can find me directly at linkedin.com forward slash I N forward slash Jody Flynn, or you can search on the platform for Jody Flynn. I am very active on LinkedIn, so I should be near the top of the search results or right there at the top. Be sure to add a note to the invitation, letting me know you're a listener of the podcast. I would love to connect with you and get to know you better now let's bring Kelly in. Welcome to the Women Taking the Lead podcast, Kelly. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. I'm thrilled to have you here. Now, everyone has gotten your professional bio, but let everybody know a little bit more about who
1: you are and what you've got going
0: on in the world.
1: Sure thing. Well, so my name's Kelly Nolan. I was a patent litigator in Boston and California. And basically through law school, I'd been decently organized. I felt pretty good. I had my paper planner. Things were trucking along. And then I became an actual attorney. And I got really overwhelmed pretty quickly with just like the caseload and all the deadlines and how it interacted. And then, you know, I had my personal life and trying to be an adult. And it just was, it was a lot. And I I think on the outside, I looked like I had it together. It was really more of how I felt internally that was the problem. I felt stretched way too thin. I felt on the brink of like dropping some important ball. And I felt like I just couldn't focus on my friends when I was trying to have that limited downtime. I just wasn't present. I was thinking about work and was really struggling. And I looked for help out there and nothing really stuck or things were talked about as though they were kind of easy, like just do this. And then i try to implement and I would struggle and feel even worse about myself. And it just was a real struggle. And one day I was in my Boston law office and I had a row of legal pads next to me, one for each case, long to do on each swamp of Post-it notes in a corner. I had Post-it notes like all over my computer. And I was in my email inbox emailing this guy. And I was like, I need to hear back from him in three hours or we're not going to be able to move to extend something. But I knew I was going to get sucked into like all the other action items I had and was worried I wouldn't follow up. And I still don't know what made me do it, but I BCC'd myself on the email, sent it. And then in Outlook, you can take an email and drag it to that little calendar icon in Outlook, and it'll create a calendar event with the email and the body of the like calendar event. And I wrote, if no word, follow up with this guy and saved it for like two and a half hours later. And was like, whoa. Now, this is a way that I can show up in my role in the way that I need to without my brain having to be some sort of like disciplined alarm clock yeah. that I knew would be distracted. And that was really the the start of like starting to build the system outside of myself to help me show up in the ways that I wanted without, again, my brain having to remember it all. And- Candidly, that was my system and I kept practicing law. And it wasn't until years later I realized I had not been alone (laughs) in feeling the ways that I had felt. And I might have been an early bloomer on that front, but a lot of people at some point reach a tipping point that the system that got them so far isn't fully getting them where they want to go anymore. And so that's what I teach now. I teach the system that helped me go from overwhelmed to a lot more calm and confident as an attorney. Um, And I focus on professional working women across multiple industries.
0: Oh, Kelly. I love that story. And you're bringing me back to, I remember when I was in my first supervisory role, one of the things I did with a couple of my team members was sit with them at their desk and help them organize their email because they were getting so overwhelmed and they didn't know what to do. And I had developed a little bit of a system myself And so I said, I can share with you what I do. Wonderful. With you, we'll do this. And they were just like, "What? You can do this? Like different things?" They didn't realize the functionality that the email had. Like you said, where I created a calendar event with an alarm, and like how life changing that was to let your brain focus on other things without worrying.
1: Like, am I gonna like drop the ball on this? Absolutely. And I love that you did that because, as you are saying, like no one really teaches us this stuff. At least in like the context of now, our lives are really complicated, and a lot of people are still using like a middle school system because that was when we, I guess, learned time management and we try and carry it forward. But our life is a lot more complicated now. So I love that you sat down and we're like, "Let me show you how this works," because we would all benefit from more leaders and people doing that.
0: Yeah. And thank you for saying how the transition from college to full-time job, like that's a big transition. You go from having a syllabus where you know for the next several months, all the work that is going to be due, you can count on it. You're probably not going to get any surprise assignments. You're really just dealing with surprises in your personal life to going to full-time work. And now you've got surprises in both areas and you're not quite sure how to manage what to say yes and no to. And, and like that's, structure kind of goes away. Like it's
1: on Absolutely. you to create your own structure. There's there's less structure. No one's cooking your meals for you anymore. <laughs> you yeah, don't we go to the, the camp cafeteria. Area. <laughs> and also, I love that you bring up college because to me, we learned how to like muscle through because we used to have breaks. We would have a two-week break in college. We'd have all this time off and we could like... That was a doable strategy. We'd like muscle through till we have a break. But like that that approach doesn't work in adult life like we have this like infinite expanse of time that doesn't get we don't just like turn everything off for 2 weeks at a time so we have to learn how to manage all of these things and build breaks in in the in the interim as well so that we can take breaks even though we're always going to have more to do yes <laughs>
0: Yeah, I love I the memory of like, oh, yeah, we used to get like a month off at Christmas and a couple months in the summer and you had internships and stuff like that in between, but you knew there was a light at the end of the tunnel, this would go away and in work you've got to plan a vacation and decide to shut everything down. All right, Kelly, we are getting way into it right now. And I'm I'm sure at this point, everyone's excited to hear more from you. I just want to give some context to why I'm so thrilled to have you on the Women Taking the Lead podcast. So you had reached out to me via email prior to me going to the main women's conference. Um, I had acknowledged like, whoa, I've got big things coming up, but I'm going to I'm going to Give your email some time. I'm going to read it, and you will hear back from me after the conference. And I'm so glad that email was right there. Now I did. You'll be proud of me. I did a um, suspended email, so it went out of my inbox and came back the day after I got it. (laughs) And there it was, and I was like, "Yep, I." promised I was going to like really give this the time um, that it deserved and emailed you back because what had happened um, in the interim was I did a, it's, it was sort of a time management session at the main women's conference. It was, but it was more around the mindset that causes us to stay busy right? Even after we've implemented some time management strategies. And so the session was really about mindset and strategy. And some of the feedback I got from some of the women um, in the room was, this was good. But I was really hoping for some more tactical, like things I could do to approach time management and God bless them. They, you know, I I can imagine like where they were where they were like, I'm looking for more than strategy, I'm looking for to-dos. And you specialize in those to do's. And so for everyone listening, like if ever you've been in a state and I think we've all been there one time or another, Kelly and I have talked about that. I've definitely been there in my business where you're just like, I don't want transformation. I'm not looking for mindset shifts right now. Right now. I just need a way out of this madness. I am overwhelmed help. And Kelly is the woman for you. So Kelly I'm so excited. So I'll definitely be reaching out and making everyone aware like for those of you who attended my session and you were looking for something a little more tactical like listen to this episode Kelly is your woman. So Kelly tell everyone a little um bit about the system that you've developed and you've taken gosh hundreds thousands of clients <laughs> yeah. through. At this point.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 So basically, kind of taking a step back, something I realized when I was overwhelmed was at some point I realized like how many places my action items lived. So if you kind of inventory like on the work front, where do you keep track of action items? Often it's like to do lists, post it notes, your head email maybe a project management tool maybe like a task management tool which you know that's like more of a to-doist versus an asana type thing um there're just a lot of places we keep track of things and then it's even on the personal side similar stuff but a lot lives in our head on the personal side so just kind of realizing man it's no wonder i feel scattered because my action items are scattered like all these things i have to do live in all these places and i really believe that when we don't have one view of everything on our plate we really aren't sure we're going to get it all done. We're like, I don't even know all that there is. How do I know I can get it done? Or if I can take a break tonight and get it done. So we just kind of stay in this like go, go, go mode. And what I realized is if I streamlined where all my action items are and used a tool designed to manage time, because all of these things require time, no matter where they live, Post-it notes, to-do us, you know, in my head, all these things, they all require time. So let's use a tool designed to manage time. Just to be clear, I'm a huge paper lover. I love processing by writing and pen, but a digital calendar is just, it just can't be beat in terms of the communication elements, the visual components of it, the efficiency you can use managing it, like just to be able to repeat things every day. Mm-hmm. And, it just and ma- in it. many devices as yes, well too. Yeah. And they're even backed up, you know, in the cloud where I've had clients lose a paper planner and it's just like, wow okay <laughs> like um and so i'm a huge believer in using a digital calendar to manage your time and tasks but please know like you can still you know take notes with paper and pen i'm not trying to take that away from you we just want to bridge where all your action items live into a digital calendar and then just as you know we need to learn strategies for anything we want to learn how to leverage this tool so if you're like okay i can do the digital calendar what do I do within it? And this is where my four-part system comes in. And just to give you a quick overview, and then we can dig, or dig into these a little bit more. The first is getting really clear on the personal repetitive tasks, which I think of as the invisible to-dos. And these are things that normally don't even make it into a calendar or to-do list. And we can dig into that. Then we do that at work where we all have the repetitive work things that we don't usually account for, like email. (laughs) Email is one of those things that takes up hours of our day, but we don't calendar time to do it. And so both of those things, when I think of these invisible to-dos help us account for hours of our day that are going to these things that before we might not have accounted for. And that helps not only unload the mental load, but also then help us see what capacity we really do have to give to the more one-off stuff. And then the third step of this is backing out those one-off tasks so that we create real game plans for how we're going to hit success in those. And then the fourth pillar or chapter, I think of them as chapters. I don't know why. <laughs> and it's really the planning component. But if you're like past me, you're like, yeah, I know it's important to plan, but like, what do I do during that planning session? I really love an agenda driven approach so that you have a game plan. You don't need your brain to have its space taken up by like what to do during a planning session. Just have an agenda, you run through it, and then you know when you're done as well. And when all four of those components come together. You just have a much more realistic understanding of what you're trying to accomplish. You are better. You have a better understanding of what you're accomplishing because you're putting a lot in there that you might not have really appreciated that you do. You really lighten the mental load. You're able to share it with a home partner. You're able to communicate your work, your capacity limits at work, ask for support there using specifics and so much more. And also really understand how things can get done over time. So that you know, it's okay to take a break tonight. I can truly take a break tonight. It can all still get done in the future. And this will work. So it's, it's a really empowering thing. It's funny how much I talk about calendars, but I just love the ripple effects that come out of having this clarity and objectivity in a sense when you're evaluating your time.
0: I love that. It's almost like the calendar. I'm envisioning like this globe at the center of things. And there are all these things that stem out from there and feed into the calendar and the calendar informs out other things. I love this. So let's dig in. Let's talk about that
1: first pillar chapter. Yeah. So really This is more, I start with the personal life and really getting clear, particularly if you think about like mornings and evenings, all of those things you're trying to do. And they typically juggle them in our head. Like, when am I showering and getting ready? When am I going to prepare breakfast? When will I get the kids out the door if you have kids? Um, similarly, if you have little kids, you know, when am I doing bed and bath time tonight? When am I walking the dock? When am I making dinner? When are we driving here and there? Like all those things we typically are just juggling in our head. So what I really like to do is help people just literally calendar them in a digital calendar, see how they interact see how they fit. Do they fit? You might realize, wow, this is why I felt overwhelmed. I'm trying to do an hour and a half of things in an hour and let me make some adjustments there that don't just mean wake up earlier. Like you could try and think creatively. Do I need to do this every day? Could I do this only a couple of times a day? Could I do some of this the night before? Like we can really think creatively, but before we can do that, we have to be aware of you know what the issues are and does it work. And then what I love about it from a, if you have a partner sharing the load with a partner is you start seeing, okay, maybe this isn't doable for me to do all of this. Could I break this part off and give this entirely to a partner? And you can also, candidly, some, some partners struggle to be motivated to help. But if you show them everything Mm -hmm. that you've made visual in your calendar, suddenly it's a lot more motivating to take that one thing off your plate. They just understand it more. So there are a lot of benefits to it. And as I said before, it's just lightening the mental load. It's still a load, but now it's not living just in your brain. And you get realistic about what you're trying to accomplish. You get realistic about what remaining time you have to give to anything else. And just two kind of caveats to it is one, your calendar is going to get more cluttered. Um, there's a lot we're putting in there that you might not be used to putting in there. But the point here is that your brain is getting more free. And I think that's really the thing we should prioritize over how your calendar looks, as long as it's manageable, <laughs> things like mm-hmm. that. And the other thing I want to say is just that it's very flexible. Like, Obviously, I, I know that you, know, you don't shower and get ready at the same time every day or walk your dog at the same time every day. But just think of it as like building out default building blocks in your calendar that then you just move around. That's the beauty of a digital calendar. You drag and drop, save it for that event. Or you realize, I don't want to do this thing in the mornings anymore. I'm going to do it in the evenings. You move it to an evening, save it for all the events going forward. And now you're done. And so that's like just the beauty of, I'm such a paper lover, but that's the beauty of a digital calendar to help you adapt with all of the ways that that life changes on us. Yeah. It's easy
0: to change because life does change. And I love that, like thinking about the calendar as this living, breathing document, and it changes as you change. And as like season by season, like everything shifts a little bit. I have a partner who is a a teacher, right? So his schedule changes constantly throughout the year. Um, The other thing I wanted to say is um, what I really appreciate appreciate about this process is like, it gives you that opportunity to really capture everything that's going on. And I, my partner, I I will say this about him and it took some time to get here too. And really like through conversations and some counseling and that sort of thing, like he doesn't even see the things that I see. Right. So I used to get like, Oh, why does it like, why is this left for me? Like, what, like, and I would take it as like, if you're not doing it, you're sending a message that you expect me to do it. And that was not true. He wasn't even seeing what I was seeing or it wasn't bothering him. But if I could, but now here's the flip side, right? Cause like people could get all riled up about that. Whenever I've asked him to do something, he's always said, Yes. Yeah. Right. If I, especially if I said it would be very helpful to me, it will take some mental load off of me if you could take care of this. And he'd be like, okay. Yep. Okay. And just know that that might be the partner you have. They don't see what you see, but they're willing to help out. And I think for some women, the hardest part is asking. Yep you know, and there's all sorts of stories that can go into like what it means to have to ask or that you should ask that sort of thing. But if you can get through that, I imagine your partners are willing to help out if they knew it would make you happier.
1: True. True. And like, I've been actually surprised that for a lot of my clients, that is their biggest win. Like, you know, we work so much on work and all this stuff. And they're like, my biggest win is getting my already supported partner to actually understand all I'm doing and how they can truly support me. And to your point, like, I struggle with it too. Like, should I have to ask? And even just having to ask bothers me sometimes. But I'm also a big proponent of just like embracing reality. And if that's the situation, then what I like to do is think, how can I also avoid having to ask just for the one-off things and more, you know, breaking off pieces of whatever Mm -hmm. you're doing, like breaking, you know, delegating out to your partner or having them take on the repetitive things. But to your point, like seasons change and sometimes it's not, we can't always like clean cut the the chores and the things like that in a home. Like for example, my husband's an ER doctor, every single week is different for us. (laughs) In an ideal world, I'd be like, you take the trash out every day. But that's something that we both need to be aware of because half the time or more, he's not at home when the trash has to go out. So you have to have an embrace, like embrace the reality and have that flexibility of how do we adapt? How do we embrace reality here and do our best to share the load and break off the things that we can to give to the partner to truly lighten our load.
0: I think that's one of the most powerful things we can do right from the jump is just embrace reality. Like this is my life. It's like we have to let go of fantasy, right? Yes. There's the life we wish we had. We say, should like things should be. I remember that when I, when, uh, someone explained to me, it was, it was Byron Katie. I was, I was listening to her book, her book via audio and she said, should is a fantasy. It is non-reality. So when you find yourself saying it should be like this or it shouldn't be like that, what you're saying is like, I'm I'm living a fantasy right now. And if we can just embrace reality and what we're dealing with, we can just get so much more done.
1: Absolutely. And And to be clear, I think we're both saying you should get support from your partner. You should have an equal and like an equitable distribution of labor at home, you know, given ebbs and flows. And, you know, we all understand that. But to get there, you have to embrace reality versus and I am I do this more than anyone. I think of like living on the principle of it. <laughs> and yeah. sometimes it's like, okay, let's just set that aside and just move towards happiness. And how do I get us to a happiness place? And I might need to work a little bit more with my partner on like how his brain works and but still really show how much I'm managing. Um, just so that there's at the very least an appreciation element and then also break things off so there is more shared labor in the house, especially when kids enter the picture. It's just like, it can be so overwhelming and that's just something that you constantly have to work at.
0: Yes. And embracing the season. I know you have two littles, like yes. really littles, and that's a season, Absolutely. right? So there is going to be more of this, less of that during this season. But as you said, if you can embrace the reality of your current situation, yes. knowing that it will change, right? Then you can, yes. what do we need to do to get through this season Absolutely. and be happy? Yeah. Absolutely. Have you been thinking you'd like to be calmer or more in control of your reactions regardless of what's coming at you? Mental fitness is your capacity to respond to life's challenges with a positive rather than a negative mindset. It impacts your peace of mind and wellness, your peak performance, and the health of your relationships. Positive intelligence is an operating system That increases your mental fitness and impacts all areas of your life. I have an upcoming webinar in which you'll hear about the science and research behind positive intelligence and the specific areas it impacts. You'll learn the three core muscles that are at the root of mental fitness. You'll discover the 10 internal saboteurs that might hijack your best efforts. Identify five sage powers within you that can overcome any challenge you're faced with. And you'll experience a practice that will enable you to intercept a saboteur hijacking and increase your self-command. If being calmer or more positive interests you, I invite you to join me to explore positive intelligence and the difference it could make for you. To register for this webinar, go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash webinar. That's womentakingthelead.com forward slash webinar and share it with a friend.
1: All right, Kelly, pillar number two. Okay. Pillar number two is doing similar stuff on the work front. I'm really thinking through what are the things that I need to do each day, each week, each month, that kind of stuff. And then building that out on your calendar as well. Um, and just to I fully acknowledge that sometimes people are in outlook for work and maybe Google for personal, like this can be in separate places and we try and bring them together. But tech is a fun, fun part of this program <laughs> of trying to get these technologies to work together. Um, and if we can, we do it. But so just know that on in your work calendar. I really would love you to start building out time for when you do those invisible to do's. And so again, that's the email is the biggest one, but also thinking about when do I focus best and protecting time in your day during those high energy windows the best you can. Again, this is flexible, but trying to proactively protect your best energy windows for those high energy tasks that you need to do that real focused work that you allow, like just get you'll be able to get in flow better because you have the energy. And then you can match make your lower energy tasks with those lower energy windows that also you can move them around a little bit, like a meeting might get scheduled there and that's fine. And so just kind of really thinking through, how do I want to get intentional about my work hours? How do I really want to like lay out a plan that would work well for me? And yes, I'll be flexible. I know this won't play out perfectly all the time, but more often not than not, then I'll get my high energy windows for my high energy tasks, and that will help me move the ball forward on those important, but maybe not urgent things that often get neglected um, because our days are too fractured, or we don't have time protected to work on them, or we're just too tired when we have the time, so we don't want to do them.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I I have that on my calendar. My my focus time tends to be in the morning. I've shared this, but I have met people who are like, oh, no, my focus time is in the afternoon. I have meetings in the morning, focus time in the afternoon. I'm like, oh, my brain is junk in the afternoon. But I love how you said that. It's not going to be perfect, but you set the intention and you will end up, you will net at the end of the week, more hours where you can focus yep. than if you had just left that time up for anything, because you're more, if you set the intention of, I want to try to keep this time free. Like if somebody suggests a time during your focus time to meet, you might say, could we do it this time instead? Absolutely. And if they're like, absolutely, I cannot, like, unfortunately, it's got to be during this time, then you're like, okay, but you tried, right? Yeah. And yeah. more often than not, I find people are willing to shift or move around. And every now and again, there are just meetings that must be during that focus time block.
1: Absolutely. And that's why I do love kind of an inv- individual approach versus like a company wide approach on this, because let's say you really do have to accommodate. You know, some senior leader who wants a meeting with you during your focus time, you move it around and you find a new time in your week that maybe isn't ideal, but you still try to protect that focus time. Yeah, I love that. Okay. Pillar number three. Pillar number three is in short, really, I I have a six step process I walk through of breaking down projects, but essentially what we're trying to do is think about what makes this task or this project a success. And then what are all the bite-sized steps that go into that and protecting time for that? Not only will this lay out a game plan for you that helps you like baby step your way towards success, but it really reduces stress. It's like a weird thing where if you're like, okay, I can see how it's going to happen. Mm. Just that clarity really reduces our stress about our work projects, our projects, because we can see, I don't need to do it all right now. I have this game plan and like build and wiggle room and things like that. And what you might want to do is run certain kind of like milestones of the project by the relevant people. Um, this is something I learned when I was practicing. I, I, had a really tight litigation, like a brief turnaround that I had to do. And I got my draft together. We were all set. I sent it to the client. I was like, I need your edits back in like 24 hours because we have to file. And he was like, I'm in a conference all day. And -hmm. like, had I on the front end been like, Hey, I, we have a really tight turnaround. I'm going to have to send you this and get your input 24 hours later. Does that work? And he's like, no, I'm at a conference. It would have been harder to do, but we would have saved everyone a lot of stress. Had I just you know, run that by them and done it earlier. And so that's something I learned that if you can also give people a heads up once you have your game plan on the front end, not of your whole plan, but just what their elements, their components of this are, you can also really help people feel like you have a handle on it because you do and also issue spot conflicts ahead of time like and even an assistant if some if you have an assistant and you're like we're going to need to file this or do this thing on this day or i need you to print off 500 copies of this on this day and they're like i was going to take a pto day that day you're like good to know now we will adapt <laughs> and <laughs> so you really like issue spot these issues ahead of time that really saves everyone a lot of stress on that front
0: Yes, it reminds me. I have a friend who uh we we use this saying and we we say it back to each other right when we're getting stressed out about things it's like you know it'll get done cuz it always does, right? No. But what's in there that is unsaid is what will I have to do to get yeah. this done and what you're saying is by you know following the six step process to break down a project you can perhaps take away some of the stress or the, like, I'm going to be up till 11 o'clock at night making copies. And, you know, because, you know, in advance, like what's going to work for other people, what's not going to work for them. So you can create alternative plans to make sure it's getting done in, in a way that doesn't like (laughs) stretch everyone's stress levels
1: or hours. Yeah. Absolutely. And one thing I'll, well, two things I'll, Put out there. One is I know that there are projects that are more amorphous, maybe less deadline driven than you know the litigation briefs I was used to. And so for those, you there are times where you can't calendar out everything you're gonna do for the next, you know, six months on this project. And so there are balanced ways to do that, including calendaring out roughly how much time you think it will take each week. You might not know exactly what you're gonna do, but you're like, roughly, guess. I'm going to spend four hours of this for the next six, like four hours each week on this project for the next six months. And you at least block your time in your calendar for that. And the reason I'm bringing that up, which brings me to the second point is all of this, whether you're blocking specific bite-sized steps or you're blocking more like general time to work on a project and you're not totally sure what you're going to do, but you have it in there. When you see all of this across all of your projects, that's how you get a lot of clarity on what is your workload right now and how does it interact with your capacity? Because that was the biggest thing for me when I was practicing law is like, I mean, we all know it. People swing by your office and like, do you have the bandwidth to take this on? And like, obviously I knew like in concept what they were asking me. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm drowning, but like, I don't know where the line is. I don't know where it's objectively reasonable for me to say no. And so I'm going to say yes. And I, that's how I kept overcommitting. And so when I had this clarity of here's my capacity, all my invisible to-dos are in there. I really understand my capacity. And now here are all the bite-sized steps that go into my project, my projects. I can say, no, like I, I mm-hmm. cannot take this on or I will need more time or we'll need to move this specific project out by this amount of time. But I had a lot more confidence in managing my workload, and I could draw in specifics to explain it. I wasn't just like, "I am really busy" or "I'm overwhelmed." I was like, "Nope this is the, this is why I can't take it on," um, or "I would love to help you. I can do that in three weeks from now." Yeah. Like, you know, you can have those conversations, but you're empowered with a lot more data. And for some people like me who need that objective visual clarity it really is powerful because it feeds your confidence in advocating for yourself and managing your workload in a way that I just couldn't do before. I need that tactical <laughs> information. Yes. I know that for myself
0: as well, that I'm much more confident when I have the facts. Yes. If if it all feels very nebulous, I, like you, would lean towards like, I think I do. So right. I want to say yes, because yeah. I want to be a team player. I also want to show that I'm, I'm willing and open to take on more work and That's yada, yada, yada. Me. All of the things we tell ourselves that cause us to lean towards yes. But if the facts show yep. that that is just nonsense. <laughs> You're more likely to say "give a soft no," right? Yeah. It, it it's still no. Even a soft no is yeah. a no because you have the facts. Like the reality is, I just cannot absolutely do this right now.
1: Yeah. And I've even had clients show their calendars to people challenging them on that. They're like, "Look, you know, these are," and they could do it in different contexts. It can be about declining a product project. It could be more about look at all the meetings I'm in. Like, I have no time to do the actual work. There can be a lot of benefits from a communication standpoint when you use a system like this that's really, that can be so visual and therefore understood by many people looking at it.
0: Yeah, and there's no limit to how many layers you can break down a project. I think I think something I've become very aware of in myself, um, gosh, this is only within the last like year or two, but if I'm procrastinating on something, it's typically, tippet- typically because I have already broken down the project. I know the steps, but for whatever reason, the part I'm procrastinating on, I have not broken it down enough. It is still overwhelming that I need to break it down even more, even if it's just like, I need to look up this website or I need to just block out on my calendar when this is going to get done, or I need to just template out the language, things like that, because like that, that will be it. I will, my brain will just make it so big. And I'll think about, oh, well, this and this and this and this. And I remember chatting with somebody and she was like, well, can you do three? (laughs) I was like, Yes. I can do three. And that got the ball rolling. But oh. I, I love how, you know, like you're laying this out. It's like just break it down, break it down, break yep. it down until it feels very manageable and you are clear about what it's gonna take to do this project. Yep. Absolutely.
1: All right, Kelly, number four. And number four is just the the planning stages of this. I I'm, I'm a big believer that, you know, if we want to feel on track, we have to lay down the track. And that's what a planning session is. And as I was saying. I used to know planning was important. I just didn't know what to do during it. Um, And so over time, what I've done is put together an agenda. And in short, what it is, is protecting time each week. And basically just assume like, you know, the rest of the week you're living in the weeds. It's understandable. Like we're just executing, doing what's in front of us. And this is a time to look up and say, okay, this system only works as long as everything has made it into the system. And so this is a time to do that. And so what I like to do is look back just basically go to your last planning session and look through everything in your calendar. And that's the beauty that the more you use the system, the more is in your calendar. So while it's not the most exciting thing to do, it's kind of tedious, you at least everything's in the calendar. So you're just looking at each day, did I get this done? Did I get this done? I did get this done. The next step that we want to do is really start also looking for all the inputs of action items and make sure like we got everything because over the week, you know, an email might have come in that you didn't process or you took some notes in a meeting, but they never made it. You had some action items in there that you didn't, you know, they're just like sitting on the paper in your tr- in a tray. And so it's just thinking about where do I keep action items? And let me just go out and gather them and bridge them. And at this point, we're not doing them. You just throw them into the future. And then the last component of this that we want to do is just go over the next two weeks and really smooth them out and just make sure, does everything work? Does everything work? And this is a time where you might realize man, I thought I could do some of this stuff and I'm just gonna have to punt this into the next week. It's not going to work. That can lead to some frustration, but it's front end frustration that you experience. I think that's the sign of good prioritizing is when you're a little frustrated that you want to do more, but you're embracing reality, understanding that part of prioritization is ensuring you have the time and space and energy to hit the priorities, not just like cramming them in with everything else. And then you start spreading things out and moving things out over time and you also can issue spot do i need more child care do i need more pet care do we need to accommodate something at work do i need to move for an extension should i move that meeting even by half an hour to give me a little bit more breathing space here and you can do all of that and ask people to move things well ahead of time so that it's still professional but you're giving yourself that breathing space that we all need and so that really kind of that that's like the built-in maintenance of the system essentially. And so then when all these parts come together, my aim and true belief is that you have, again, much better understanding about your capacity, your current workload. You can use the system to evaluate whether you can take on new projects. You can share the load. There's a lot less in your head the whole mental load. And again, you see things, how they happen over time, so you can take a break and really know it can still happen. It doesn't need to happen right now. I love these planning days because
0: like you and I have talked about over and over again is you're in seasons, things change. This is that opportunity to gut check. Like did how I planned this last two weeks or whatever time frame it is like did it work? or was I in a little bit of a fantasy yep. or did I get a curve ball? and no judgment. What can I do to either? you know, take some things off or maybe get some more support, right? It's not always just about like, oh, you've got taken on too much. It might be, yeah, you've got a lot going on. Do you have support that could like, do you have supports that you could call on that could make this whatever workload or whatever you've got going on in your life work for you right now? Because I, I love that you said that Kelly, because I think sometimes we think like, oh, I just, I need, I need to manage this all on my own. We don't even think about like that. Maybe we could ask favors of friends. Maybe we could like babysit for friends for a little while, then they could babysit for us. And I had a, a business coach who like, it was a whole community and she was a big believer of getting all the help that you could afford yes right so you know like you said support with the pets support with the kids maybe like a housekeeper could someone do landscaping so that yeah. you know frees up time things that free up time and i also like that this is this planning time also time on the calendar for um being flexible with tasks like if the unexpected shows up as well yeah
1: so um it's a great question what i i actually advocate blocking separately flex time or wiggle room or however you want to think about it. And what's hard here is that, you know, we all deal with curveballs, especially at work. I find that they're just like these really constant curveballs that we all experience. And what's hard about them is like, they're unforeseen. Like we don't know what they're going to be, but the fact that they're coming is predictable, even if the mm-hmm. substance is unpredictable. And so, for example, I can say to you, you know, I could say to whoever's listening, how many hours a day do you get derailed? Do your plans get derailed? And they could be like half an hour or three hours or five hours. Like it just can really depend by industry. We need to account for that. We need to calendar time of flex time. And what I like to do is at the end of the day, let's say you have two hours of curveballs every day. The last two hours of the day block for flex time. That does obviously does not mean you only deal with curveballs in the last two hours mm-hmm, of your day, mm-hmm. but it's built in cushion where then as everything gets derailed at 8 a.m. and at 9 a.m. and at 10 a.m., there's something in your day where it can be pushed down into. And again, mm-hmm. this just comes back to we're embracing reality. It's very frustrating to see that. It's very frustrating to block this time. And I've had a lot of clients who are like, I did not want to do it. <laughs> But I'm always always grateful when I need it. And yeah. so you just want to think about it in that way is if you if you know in your industry you have a lot of curveballs, you can't plan an eight hour day full of meetings and tasks when you know, I don't know, three hours of those are going to be derailed every day. you have to go in planning for five hours knowing that 3 hours of work is going to fly at you. And again, I totally get that it's frustrating, but we want to embrace the reality. And then the planning session is a time that I hope that you can truly focus on the planning mm. so that it's not consumed by the inevitable curveballs because my guess is for most people would be like completely eviscerated by the curveballs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: And you likely give your clients um this little tidbit as what well, as well, Kelly, but what I'm thinking, because I'm always like process improvement, process improvement, yeah. where my brain goes is document what derailed your yeah. day, because it might be inefficiencies within the organization or within the team that is causing those curveballs. Yep. So if you can create efficiencies that Minimize them. There's always going to be curveballs, always, always, always. But can we minimize the ones that are within our control so that this doesn't keep happening?
1: Absolutely. And I think that that's such an important thing to think through is for everybody, how can I minimize curveballs? What am I seeing consistently? How could we solve that? But also know, especially in your world, Jody, of when you're a manager, part of your value is being in the curveballs, is bringing your judgment. That's why your company wants you there. You have solid judgment. You know how to handle that. And so it can be also embracing, this is part of my job is to be handling this stuff. So I need to get rid of some of this other work that I think I should be doing that maybe is coming from my prior role that I held on to and maybe realize... Know my value now is over here in these curveballs and handling this stuff and keeping the trains running and all that kind of stuff. And now I need to really get motivated to get rid of and delegate out some of this old work I've been holding on to because I don't have the time to do it. Amen, Kelly.
0: You're speaking my language.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, quickly recap the four pillars in your yep. system. So basically, again, we're using a digital calendar to bring everything together and visually see it and share it out and all that kind of stuff. First thing we're doing is getting the invisible personal to-dos in there, then the invisible work to-dos, just really reclaiming control over our hours, our work hours, being intentional about it. Then we're moving into backing out those one-off projects. Now that we have an understanding of what our actual capacity is, use that to bring those projects to life and then plan and really use that time. I'm a big believer in a Friday planning session, by the way, so that you feel that like I am on top of it feeling going into your weekend and not having that looming Sunday scary feeling all weekend getting the clarity and then going right back to work. And so really using that time to get that clarity, ensure you're on top of it all, see how it can happen over time. And then you get to enjoy your weekend and be more present knowing you have a handle on it all. I
0: love that. So tell me about your eight-week program where you teach
1: the bright method.
0: Yep. Which, so which we have talked about before, like the bright method is your
1: thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. um, It's the bright method. It's a realistic time management system for bright women seeking bright lives. Um, That was my, I think I ran about six programs before I actually branded it. (laughs) But basically it is helping people bring this system to life. I think often with time management, things sound easy enough or simple enough, and then you can get kind of tripped up implementing. And I never like to sugarcoat how tricky I think time management is to learn. I don't think it's hard once you understand it, but I do think that we sell ourselves short and then beat ourselves up by expecting it to be intuitive and natural and easy, and then struggling with the implementation. So it's a time to really work through each of these pillars with me and then a group of women who are also going through it because I love that because you know I talk calendars, but your calendar is going to look different from mine and your industry might be different than my experience. So working through it with other women is invaluable for being like, how are you implementing this in a you know medical world or at a high level corporate you know executive type position, and so it can be really valuable on that front. Um, so yeah, we work together for eight weeks. I run the program twice a year: the beginning of the calendar year, the beginning of the school year, kind of when everybody's thinking about getting organized. <laughs> and um, it's it's a blast. It's a true joy to get to support women accomplishing their dreams and really enjoying life in the process.
0: Mm -hmm. And so with your program kicking off at the beginning of the year, when is the best time for people to be looking into it and getting registered?
1: Well, if you're listening to this in real time right now, is a great time. Um, I also have a five day free program you can check out. I really believe time management is personal, so hopefully you've learned a fair amount now about my approach. But if you also want more just before you decide to jump in, I fully understand that. And so that's at kellynolan.com/refresh, and you. This is a good time to check it out because I'm not closing enrollment until like mid to later January of 24. So you have time. You can go through the five free five-day program um, and really get a sense of if this would work for you and if you want that support. And then you could jump in if you want to. And if you're listening to this later, I usually have a wait list going, but that five-day program is always available.
0: And can you say that link again, Kelly? So in case anyone has missed the window or wants to do that first before, where would they find that again? Yep.
1: The five-day program is at kellynolan.com slash refresh. And if you do want to look into the eight-week program, it's kellynolan slash bright, like the bright method.
0: I love it. And Kelly, where can they find you so they can follow along with whatever you're up to?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm most active on Instagram. Um, I'm at underscore Kelly Nolan underscore. And I share pretty much every day for maybe four to five times a week uh, bite sized time management strategies. And they're usually more time sensitive. So, like going into the holidays, things that you could do to, you know, enjoy your holidays more, like blocking your first Monday back from Thanksgiving, you know, for the first hour, you know, five hours to the whole day from meetings. So you can get back into email and all that kind of stuff. So little bite-sized strategies like that. I share on Instagram a lot. I love that. Well, Kelly,
0: thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We
1: are all better for having met you. Well, thank you so much. It's a true honor to be here and I had so much fun.
0: I'm curious to know, was this helpful for you? What changes can you make immediately? That could alleviate your mental load. Head over to LinkedIn to share in the post that corresponds with this episode. And if you're not yet subscribed to the podcast, hit the follow or subscribe button. So you don't miss out on the upcoming episodes. And if you know other women and men who can benefit from this episode, please share it with them. Most new discoveries come from our friends, family, and colleagues be that person for others. And as always, I hope this was of value to you and here's to your success.